welcome to TLF Gems, a podcast about customer experience and insight from TLF Research. I'm Stephen Hampshire. And I'm Greg Roche. In this episode, we'll be talking about the last of our top 10 traits for world-class customer experience. Yeah, we've got to the 10th of 10 here. And quite fittingly, this being the last one, this is about the post-survey communication strategy, the you said we did mantra. And I think out of all the 10, I know you should never have favourites, but I think this one really resonates the most strongly with me. And quickly, just to sort of recap what we're talking about here, is that most organisations have some sort of measurement process in place with customers. Then they have a communication plan where they tend to tell employees what customers are saying, get ideas from employees, get involvement, all those good things. And that usually leads to an action plan being um, developed, usually something on an A4 bit of paper that has some owners or sponsors' initials down one side, some dates there, and and there's an action plan. That's great. This is what we're going to do as a result of the customer survey. And then it's about doing the action plan and actually making things happen. Having done that, the final, final step is this post-survey communication you said we did and we've talked previously Stephen about you know perception is reality Mm. but this as a customer you asked us to do this we've listened we've done that we've actioned to do you asked us to do this we've listened we've done this now some of the research we've pulled together perhaps shows that only one in 20 organizations work their way all around that that loop so I suppose two, two, two questions, one of which is perhaps a curveball, but in terms of why do you think organisations struggle to work their way completely around the loop? But firstly, you know, what do you think about that post-survey communication that you said we, you know, we did? Well, I, I think it's a really important thing to, to do, I suppose it's the first thing to say, and, and to do well and get right. Um, and I think... It is about managing perceptions, um, so it is making sure customers see the the improvements that you've made and, and, and sort of uh, appreciate the fact that you're, you're you're trying. You know, you might you not know, be perfect yet, but if they can see you're making an effort and trying to respond to their feedback, that counts for an awful lot uh, much of the time. But I think perhaps just as important as as managing perceptions is the fact that. It's that communication, the, the you said we did style of communication, that makes an explicit link between the improvements the customers are seeing and the survey. Absolutely. So, so it's a really important investment in, in really in getting customers to value the survey process as much as you do. I even wonder if we should retitle it and have, thank you for taking part in the survey you said we did. Because mm-hmm. I just even think that when customers have given us or given the organisation 10, 15 minutes of their time to give that feedback, you know, just even saying thank you to them is, is, is a valuable part of the exercise. I mean, that's got to help with future response rates as well. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Yeah, that will be good response 100% rate. agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, that's something that we've, we've seen happen. There was many years ago now, a client of ours, as part of the, the survey feedback, um, you know, it may, you know, did a really good job of, of closing the loop and saying, because you told us X, Y, Z in the survey, we're doing ABC. And we saw not, 
you know, not only were customers getting happier year on year, but also the response rates actually yeah. took a big step forward as soon as they did that. Uh, I think it really, it, it really, if you can convince customers that you are doing things with their feedback, it will make them happier and it will make them far more likely to take part uh, in future surveys. Yeah, I've, I've seen that same link very, very clearly in the business-to-business market as well, where the people who, this was a, um, an annual-based survey, and the people that you that we were talking to the following year was the same as we talked to the previous year, and the ones we were going to talk to the next year were the same people. So that's certainly, whatever the opposite of respondent fatigue is, perhaps we got some respondent enthusiasm mm. going, where people realised the feedback they were giving was leading to change, to them being more satisfied, to them being happier. It, it's another one of those no-brainer things, isn't it? You know, ten minutes of my time. Yes, okay, my time is valuable, and I, and I resent it if you waste ten minutes of my time by not doing anything with my feedback. But actually, if if I give you ten minutes of my time and then see a better service the next year, that that's that's <laughs> a pretty good investment, if you ask me. Oh, it it it, it really is, it isn't it? And it, it just makes me sort of think as well that that when people. St- start this whole survey process. This is a really good thing, telling people, we're going to do a survey, we want to listen to you, we want to change things, we want to make you more satisfied, we want to do better things for you. There's so much good PR in this in itself that not doing that final bit mm-hmm. of good PR, having done really the difficult bit or, or, or the time-consuming, expensive mm-hmm. bit, is just such a missed missed opportunity and that's that's a really good point Greg and I think one of the things you know when you ask that question about why don't organizations get all all the way around the loop I'll I'll get there in the end but but the starting point is it's really interesting I think that you know the 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 very beginning of the loop you know ask customers for their feedback do the survey that's a little bit time-consuming and even though our rates are very low a relatively expensive (laughs) thing to do you know our our average project value is around twenty thousand pounds uh, you know, you can you can do yeah. a survey for less than that. Some organisations spend much more much more than that, but that's an average. Twenty thousand pounds worth of investment for the average client—that's that's a, a significant-ish investment. You, the worst thing you could do would be to spend that money to understand how customers feel and then do nothing with that. Um, that would be making customer satisfaction, you know, worse rather than better. It would be. Yeah. You know, setting up expectations you're Absolutely. not going to deliver on, yeah. Yeah. and yet, and yet, apparently, um, only one in twenty organisations get all the way around this loop to you know closing the loop and proving to customers that the survey process is is worthwhile for them uh, as well as for you. I think part of that is it really does test the metal of the organisation and the leadership of the organisation about really how customer centric are we because. You can buy a survey, mm. you pay someone else to do it, you can do it on SurveyMonkey. That bit, you don't need to be customer-centric. You just need to have a checkbook with various size checks in it. The moment of when the customer-centricity is tested is, okay, now we've got this, what are we going to do off the back of it? And I think as we've sort of gone through these top 10 traits, there are some quick wins, but most of it is medium-term cultural change, customer centricity, empowering people, aligning the business, things that are very doable and people who do it reap the rewards of it, but it's not easy things. It's not easy things. And I think that's the challenging bit. And I think the organisations that we've seen climb to the top of that league table, there's been steady growth, 
but one of the things is they really are sort of it's in their DNA they're committed to it they're not looking for the quick fix they realize this is about sometimes particularly when you get high up the summer marginal gains all that sort of stuff but I think that's why the second part of the process is really the one that tests tests the metal without wishing to be too salesy I think you would see a much larger percentage of our clients get get further around the loop than than you know the statistics on, on what's average yeah. and that's partly because you know the, if you want a tick in a box customer survey there are cheaper ways to do it um, you can go on SurveyMonkey or you know what you know numerous alternatives yeah. such as that so sort of by definition our clients are a self-selecting sample that's who a positive are skew our a clients. bit um, yeah, focused on the customer and some of the other things that help you get around the loop are having a good survey methodology which makes it really clear what the right priorities for improvement are which helps you to focus and helps you to communicate and helps you to keep it front of mind so a lot of the the making the right decisions about the way you do your survey gets you further around the loop yeah. i've never asked the question because it's obviously perhaps not a great one in the sales environment but when we get a a tender document and it says and sometimes it's really helpful because there's a budget on it and they say, you know, you know, the budget for, 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 for this survey is £20,000 or, or, or whatever it is. I've sometimes wanted to say, and what's the budget for the change programme afterwards? And it's not so much even to see what figure it is, <laughs> but to start getting an understanding of, you know, you've got to change things as a result of this. Are you expecting to change a lot, a little, you know, and budget pounds or time? Because I think... It's getting, it's getting clients to sort of see that whole process, the whole loop, mm. not just a two-stop process. Oh, we'll do a survey and we'll do some stuff. Yeah. Even you know, to, to dive a little bit more into the, the doing of the communication to customers at the end, so that you know, the final uh, step in our top 10 traits, it's not enough just to do it. You know, it is not enough to say, I guess at a, a sketch level, you might say, well, here are the actions we're going to take and then do some of those actions and then say, here's what we have done. Thanks to your feedback. Hopefully you've noticed the improvements. I don't think that will really get you there. Customers aren't good at noticing improvements. No. And Other it, things to think about. So that's sort lives. of the, the bare minimum, but actually it's not really enough. And I, I, to me, I think that the way you go about doing that best is actually, as with so many things, it starts with the internal comms. So I think if, if the more you do internally, the more you're talking to staff throughout the business about the things you're doing, the more they'll have natural conversations with customers yeah. about the changes yeah. that are happening. So I, I think it would be a mistake to see this as you know, a leaflet that you send out or an email you send out. This, this is ongoing talking to customers about the fact that you're making changes yeah. to their experience based on the survey. It's not a notice on your website. Exactly. I guess one of the questions on, on a practical level that we often get asked is who just sends that <laughs> leaflet to? <laughs> um, and it's probably just worth making the, you know, the point that it should go to all customers, not those that were just submitted to be surveyed or not actually those that were just surveyed, because this is about you know, talking to your whole customer mm. base again. So whether people did or did not take part in the survey, were selected to take part in the survey, doesn't really matter. This is a positive communication about to all customers that we're going to change things because we've listened to what our customers want, what they see as important, and how we can make them more, more satisfied going forward. Yeah, and I would always advise, yeah, communicate to everyone as much as you can. It, it's broadly a good message. 
it's easier if you are the sort of you know the prototypical 25% down the t- from the top of the league table it's a lot easier to say oh we're good but we we need we know we need to get better we're not resting on our laurels that's a lot an easier yeah. message than we're terrible and everyone hates us um, and here's how we're going to fix that but uh, i i always work on the assumption that, that your customers know whether you're brilliant or okay or terrible well who's who's telling who what exactly. here <laughs> So, I mean, you don't have to necessarily wash all your dirty linen in, in public. You don't have to let your competitors know that, that your customers hate you. But I, I do think it's sensible to address what the priorities for improvement are very clearly and what you're doing to address those. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it's a classic thing of demonstrating that you've listened mm-hmm. as, as, as an organisation. But I think jumping back to the point you've made, yes, we would advocate, you know, a lot of communication externally but that internal communications we're living this as a business this is our culture look we're going to do things better for customers that message will come through many more times and have a lot more credibility in people's interaction or customers interaction with their staff and as well as changing the custom the culture internally mm-hmm. it'll start changing the culture externally yeah. as well and I just think that you know the more stuff you do the more chance that a customer is going to stumble across the fact that you're doing stuff. So you know, just as for, for instance, if I phone up to talk to Greg and I'm oh, sorry, you can't speak to Greg today. He's on an offsite where they're you know, redesigning the customer experience. That's actually a way of communicating that we're taking the customer experience seriously. Uh, although maybe Greg should have told me. Um, but the more you do, the more, the more chance that a customer finds out about it organically. And I think that's that, to me, is the way you do good communications, actually. <laughs> do more of what you want to be known for, uh, and then and then people will come across it. Yeah, and I think there's also that little thing before that we've talked about. Will people notice change? If you do something different once, do they notice it, or do they not notice it, or they, do they notice it but still think the status quo re- remains? And I'm sure... Um, someone very clever, perhaps he, perhaps even you once told me that uh, you know a negative experience has four or five times the weighting of a positive experience. So you can speed that process up with the positive side by pointing it out to people, pointing it out to people, and pointing it out to people if you want to get them to, you know, mm. to notice that change and see that change is genuine. Yep, absolutely. I think. People sometimes talk about how long does it take to change a customer's mind or to, for customers to update their question. perceptions. And I think it's not about time, it's about experiences. Um, so if they've consistently experienced a, a, a better experience, then, then that will, you know, it, some businesses have more opportunities to demonstrate that they've learned. Um, and that, that, that is that's not necessarily fair, but that's the way the world's well, set up. There's more frequent interactions, yeah. that's not going to be much more opportunity. Mm. I'm sure I've read something in Harvard that it can take the average B2B customer sort of four to five years to notice some changes, which sounds a bit scary, and we probably wouldn't have it in our sales literature, but I I can see... Not so much notice as really come to believe, I think. Um, And it probably slightly depends. If you've really badly let me down, how long is it going to take for me to trust that that's never going to happen again? Yeah. And it probably depends on what it is. If deliveries are late, 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 and they're on time, on time, on time, on time, on time, that would be quite a quick, mm. you know. That, that Especially would be a quick... if the comms backs up why there's a difference. Yeah. 
Yeah. We've got a brand new system in that, mm -hmm. that tries to deliver on the day you want rather than the day we manufacture. Exactly. That's 10. Done. Mm -hmm. And I think just to sort of go back to why we sort of created this list at the beginning, it comes from the question when we do put up benchmarking league tables and people say, who is at the top of the league table? It isn't who's at the top of the league table. It's not who they are. They're not all big companies. They're not small companies. They're not new companies. They're not long established companies. They're not B2Cs or B2Bs or public or private. None of those things, not what sector they're in. It isn't who they are. It's what they do that makes them at the top of the league table. Yep, absolutely. We see it across, across sectors, across industries, across public and private. There are great organisations and there are not so great organisations. Um, and yeah, it's getting, it's getting around that loop that, that puts them towards the top of that league table. Okay, so that wraps up our list of the top 10 traits for world-class customer experience. Thanks very much for listening. If you're using iTunes, please subscribe, rate and review us. Uh, and if you want to get in touch, you can find us on Twitter at TLF Research or at tlfresearch.com. Always interested to talk to people on these topics. I think you can probably tell if you've worked your way through all 10 of these, it's, it's more than a job to Stephen and I. It's a passion. It's something we believe in. It's something we're interested in. We'd love to enter into a dialogue um, with you. We'll certainly be back doing other podcasts in other areas, but thanks very much for listening. Thank you very much.